All right, so we're podcasting and we're YouTubing here on the panic attack. I'm looking down at my notes. Um, I just finished episode four of The Last Dance, which is a, a chronicle of the 1990s Chicago Bulls. Uh, it really it goes through the uh, the whole rise of the Bulls to uh, Michael being the heir to the Magic Johnson and Larry Bird throne. Um, and as you know, there was a two-year run of the Pistons in there where they were the Bulls' nemesis. Well, it lasted more than two years, but um, two world championships by the Pistons that ended the reigns the, of the uh, Lakers and the Celtics as the dominant teams in the NBA. And so then that ushered in a, a new era, which most of the 90s, it was the Bulls era. And you had uh, the Houston Rockets won a couple championships while Michael was off playing baseball. And then, you know, the blah, 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 Michael came back to the Bulls and Dennis Rodman joined the team. And um, the rest was history. So um, six world championships in eight years. You know, I think it could have been maybe eight or more uh, had Michael not retired from basketball temporarily to uh, pursue his father's dream of him being a baseball player. And um, there's a, there are a lot of interesting things in here. Um, uh, ongoing power struggles between Jerry Krause, who was the general manager, versus the players and the coaches. Um, you know, uh, it, it goes, you know, they, they jump from present time, well, the time most of the footage was shot in the Bulls last season where uh, a camera crew was given unprecedented uh, access to the Bulls behind the scenes. And then that footage, I mean, just sat, I guess, for, what, 1998? That would be 12 years ago? No. This is 2020. 22 years this footage has sat? Man. I was like, yeah, I was 22 years old-ish, so I'm 43 now. I'm turning 44 soon, um, but man, man alive. Um, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff and then, you, you know, the showing the behind-the-scenes footage to the players and talking to them about, you know, this and that, you know, from their present day. Uh, point of view and different things. Um, it's really, you know, been fascinating and a trip back in time for those of us 
that uh, lived those glory days of basketball. And for those that have only heard the name Michael Jordan, never saw him in his prime, um, never saw Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen in their primes, you know, it's a good uh, thing to watch. And if you're a basketball fan, you know, I don't think basketball is as big as it was back then. Um, I don't think the NBA is as popular. Um, and, you know, this was the last kind of era where players stuck with the team that drafted them until they were traded. Um, and, and it goes into some different things and, you really wonder what um, could have happened. You know, there was a Jerry Krause always wanted to trade Scottie Pippen. Especially after, you know, the third set of championship runs. And, you know, this documentary, like the first episode, it kind of focused on Michael Jordan from his high school and college days up to his, uh, you know, 1998 season. Then, you know, they took Scottie Pippen and put the focus on him from, you know, his high school growing up, college and so on, up to, you know, the 1998 season. And there was a possibility that, um, you know, Jerry Krause wanted to trade Pippen uh, after their second repeat. I guess that would have been 97 season, 96, 97 season, um, and put him with, uh, or trade him and get Tracy McGrady. I mean, how long would that have extended Michael Jordan's career and extended the Bulls' run? We don't know, you know. Um, then the third episode was focused a, a good bit on Dennis Rodman and what he brought to the team. Now, the fourth episode that I just finished, um, it focused on Phil Jackson and his uh, belief in his spirituality and how his parents were like super hardcore Christians, which I am too. But Phil was not. Phil was kind of, you know, you even knew it when he was coaching. Once you started to really watch and people started to pay attention to Phil Jackson. He had, you know, 20 seasons as a head coach and never had a losing season. But he was into like yoga and Eastern philosophy uh, meditation, um, Native American philosophy. Uh, he said that uh, there was an Indian reservation, Native American reservation, whatever, near his home that he grew up in. And his uh, parents had this, or these, they had several little cabins on their farm. And the Native American people would sometimes come and stay in those cabins and, I don't know, work around the farm or something. But he talked about uh, 
playing cowboys and Indians with the Indians. And, uh, you know, he said he was always the Indian, but that's just the game that you played when you were a kid growing up uh, during that time that he was growing up. So um, that was my kind of monologue for the night, whatever the hell. Um, so I had a good, interesting conversation with this girl uh, where I buy my cigars at. And I'm going to talk about that. Apparently, Kim Jong-un is not dead. Last night, it was trending on Twitter. Uh, and it was all over Facebook. Kim Jong-un dead. Now, the South Korean government is pursuing what has said that he is not dead. And North Korea put out a picture of him uh riding on top of a submarine, which was, I mean, it's pretty obvious that picture was from a while ago, but, uh, they, anyways, um, there's also an article I found about the, uh, ultraviolet lighting, um, so interesting, I haven't read the article, but if ultraviolet kills coronavirus, why not try it on the body, and also there's an interesting article about uh, can antibody testing end the coronavirus. There's a link in the description to um, a Facebook video with doctors from California, California, however you want to say it, California, um, going over statistics. I'm not going to talk about that because I've already talked about it, but you can look at their, the link and uh, it backs up some things I said on previous videos. I'll try to figure out, out a way. I'm sure it's not hard to put those links in the Anchor app description. But right now I'm just using Anchor from my phone. So I don't usually go to anchor.fm. But my cigar store conversation. Um, I don't know where the girl found this information, but it's possible, and this does not surprise me, um, I don't know if she got this from someone she knows that works at the hospital uh, or not, but doctors in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, may have found a cure to this corona, this COVID-19 virus. Um, they're not releasing it for two more months because, you know, it has to go through peer review and uh, studies and things like that. Uh, but the FDA has said, you know, there are 72 studies going on right now to find cures for COVID-19. And so it doesn't surprise me I live in a very unique area. I'm kind of, I'm closer to Pittsburgh than I am Cleveland, but I could say I'm in between because it's not a very far drive to either. And Pittsburgh has some of the best uh, doctors in the world. They have some world-class hospitals uh, and they have teaching and research hospitals. And the University of Pittsburgh is a very good medical uh um, history, medical research 
University. Uh, Pittsburgh is, was, is, is it was? How would you say that? Pittsburgh is where Dr. Jonas Salk did his experiments that cured polio. So the cure from polio, for polio came from Pittsburgh. So there, there's a rich scientific history there that a lot of people don't know about. A lot of people think Pittsburgh, they just think steel mills and Pittsburgh Steelers football. Um, and if you were around in the 70s and late 80s, early 90s, you thought Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, but that went to hell when they broke up the you know, three-time National League championship Pirates. But anyhow, uh, this girl, she said you know, that doctors or scientists in Pittsburgh found a cure that in like two days, you're completely cured from the virus. So it'll be interesting if uh, we see that in the actual news. Um, and her and I talked a lot. She's a former nurse, and now she sells cigars at a little place in West Virginia. But uh, she was saying back in November, like I've talked a lot about and I've talked to a lot of people about, she had a virus that she couldn't breathe. She just felt like, you know, she was like drowning, like uh, her, you know, someone was standing on her chest or something. And she said it lasted like 18 days and she went to the hospital for it and they came back with a diagnosis of an unidentified respiratory virus. Well, nobody knew about COVID-19 in November because China was covering it up. So, you know, this girl's young. She smokes. She's I mean, overweight, not as bad as me. But, um, you know, she's would you would say she's average health for an American. And it took her 18 days for her immune system to beat this on its own, basically. But that's the story I hear over and over again is that, you know, people were getting sick as far back as November. And now I have an actual person who said they went to the doctor, to the hospital, however you want to say it. I use doctor and hospital interchangeably sometimes. She went to the hospital they said she had a respiratory virus, but they could not identify it. Well, we didn't know a lot about COVID-19 in November. In fact, we didn't even know it was in the United States um, at all. And So, you know, with all the brouhaha, I mean, it, it's real. I'm not saying it was a hoax, but no one knew it was out there. And so, you know, this is like the fifth person I've talked to that have described the symptoms of COVID-19 and said that, you know, it was like November when this was in our country 
So who knows where patient zero really is for the United States and COVID-19. Um, that patient zero would be like the first person in the country to have the disease in case you don't know what that means. Um, so this is, you know, something that's been out there a while and that's not a surprise considering the amount of, you know, travelers that we have through, you know, the amount of travel that goes on in the world. I mean, I live not far from Pittsburgh International Airport, International Airport. People from other countries go through that airport all the time. I'm sure there were people from China that went through that airport. Um, they could have been asymptomatic. They could have been symptomatic and, you know, just not been treated. You know, whatever, whoever, however, um, I live near a popular gambling resort for, uh, we don't see a lot of Chinese people in there, but people that uh, sometimes are in Pittsburgh will come down to this resort. People from, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, go to this store in particular to buy their cigs. West Virginia has very low tobacco taxes, uh, so cigarettes and tobacco are cheaper there than in other places. And people, I've literally seen people spend, you know, two or three hundred dollars on uh, cigarettes at this store, uh, and they're like, "Oh, this is my monthly stock of cigarettes." I'm like, "Geez, what is? You got your welfare check, and you drove across the border from PA or Ohio." To stock up on cigs, cigarettes for the month. Uh, <laughs> wow. You know, I think you have a problem. But nonetheless, it's going to be very, very interesting to find out in the coming days, weeks, and months the secrets that are told that never do unfold. Have Pittsburgh researchers found the cure-all to COVID-19? And this should uh, lift all restrictions if they have, because now we have a cure. Um, it's also quite interesting to, find, to hear over and over, again and again, through my travels and my adventures... That people had these very symptoms and were at least one now that I know of was diagnosed with an unidentified respiratory virus. So now we can identify the virus and by the symptoms she described it sounded like she had COVID-19 and she being a, a former nurse would know how to interpret symptoms so moving right along there people so we're back at the podcast here for segment number two so the big thing on twitter and facebook last night were kim jong-un dead it was a trending hashtag and I even got into a wee bit of a, I don't know, 
yeah, just a negative comment on my Facebook post. Um, because I kind of got upset. Some friendly friends of mine were cheering the alleged death of Kim Jong-un. And, you know, I, I just, I don't dig that. I mean, you know, the guy's a, you know, SOB. And I don't think that the North Korean government can be trusted. But, you know, to cheer a man's death is not cool with me. Um, so, you know, I, I posted something and I said, you know, this is sad if it's true. Uh, you never want to see somebody die. And a friend of mine posted back that, yeah, he didn't want to see um, some guy that Kim Jong-un and the regime allegedly killed. Uh, a Weirmer from Ohio was a college student who went on a, I guess you would call it an alternative type of vacation. Uh, he hooked up with some travel company that took him into Korea. And then at this hotel that the travel company puts you up at, there's a fifth floor where uh, people that have snuck onto this floor of the hotel, you're not allowed to go there. The hotel elevator goes one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, so the floor is not to be accessed, and they tell you not to try to access it. Well, some tourists have snuck in there, and there's Korean propaganda all over the walls. The floor itself is the ceiling is lower, it's shorter than the other floors and it's alleged this is where a lot of spying goes on like they spy the North Koreans spy on the hotel guests that's another story but this one guy <coughs> tried to steal allegedly tried to steal a poster off the wall and uh, the Korean officials yanked him out of line at the airport, held him for quite some time, and he was sentenced to 15 years hard labor. And then Bill, or no, uh, President Trump negotiated his release and sent an envoy over there. And when he was released, he was in this deep coma. Um, United States doctors say he was... Uh, deprived of oxygen based on the amount of uh, damage to his brain tissue. So anyhow, let's get to this article about Kim Jong-un. Kim South Korea continued to pour water on mounting speculation about the health of North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un, telling CNN he is alive and well. 
Our government position is firm. Moon Chung In, the top foreign policy advisor from South Korea to President Moon Jae-in, told CNN, Kim Jong-un is alive and well. He has been staying with Wan San or staying in the Wan San area since April 13th. No suspicious movements have been detected, they said. Question arises about Kim's well-being after a miscelebration of his grandfather's birthday, April 15th. He had been seen four days before at a Politburo meeting, according to North Korean state media. CNN reported earlier this week the United States was monitoring intelligence that Kim Young Kim is in grave danger after surgery. Now, one of the reports that came out last night was uh, Kim Jong Un was getting a stent put into his heart, which is a very common and almost seen as a simple procedure here in the United States. Um, uh, this article says, um, well, let me finish my point about the stent placement. They were trying to place a stent into his heart and it was said that the doctor's hands were so shaky that the procedure went awry and it damaged uh, Kim's heart. Uh, it, back to the article, it followed a report by Daily NK online newspaper based in South Korea that focuses on North Korea that Kim reportedly received a cardiovascular procedure because of excessive smoking, obesity, and overwork. So that would that sounds like a stint procedure to me. It added that the leader is now receiving medical treatment in a villa in Haiangsan County. Uh, I'm totally butchered that word, but. After assessing Kim's condition, after assessing that Kim's condition had improved, most of the medical team treating him returned to Pai Ong Yang in on April 19th, while some of them remained to oversee his recovery, according to the news site. So, I'm not going to believe anything from any media being at South Korea, CNN, definitely not North Korea, uh, until I see one confirmation from the United States government, one way or the other, 
And I want to see either, God forbid, a dead body, or I wanted to see him alive and well on live television. Um, you know, because of course they can run out, you know, old news footage, just like the American media ran out footage of uh, doctors and overcrowded hospitals in Italy and said they were overcrowded hospitals in New York. So, uh, you know, media is hard to believe one way or another. So, uh, no matter what country it comes from, it's hard to trust the media. Um, so here's something that President Trump got made fun of for. And the other day I said um, something about the ultraviolet sauna. It's a, There's not an actual ultraviolet sauna. It's a um, infrared sauna that's supposed to be good for you. I heard, uh, you know him talking about in regard to uh, Trump. I heard Joe Rogan talking about in regard to Trump recommending ultraviolet light therapy for people with COVID-19 after it was learned that uh, sunlight kills the virus. But this article is titled, If Sunlight Kills Coronavirus, Why Not Try UV Lamps? Uh, Donald Middleton test people for colds and flus in his lab at the University of Maryland. Among the experiments, his students used a sneeze machine to measure how far viruses fly out of the nose and mouth when people sneeze, cough, talk, and breathe. That means a parade of students infected with a variety of contagious diseases coming through. That's interesting. So installed in the ceiling of some of the offices are germ-killing ultraviolet sea lamps. High above where people circulate, the lamps emitting ultraviolet light, light that, given some time, can kill bacteria and fungi and break up part and break apart viruses. It has become fairly standard technology in hospitals, clinics, and other places where germs could be in the air. They only work if the air is circulating enough to carry the germs up to the level of the lamps and then bring, up, bring this disinfected air back down to where people are breathing. So, evidently Donald Trump wasn't wackadoo when he talked about using sunlight or light to kill coronavirus. Um, and he got lambasted. You know, he asked the question, you know, should we encourage people to go out in the sun if sunlight kills the coronavirus? Well, uh, you know, vitamin D comes from the sun. This is just layman speak here. I'm no expert. Don't follow my advice. But, it, you know, vitamin D comes from the sun, right? The sun hits your body, the forces within your body, I don't know, let the, may the force be with you, turn the, the sunlight into vitamin D. So, vitamin D is a natural antibiotic, 
kind of. Uh, it kills, we know it kills viruses. So perhaps pumping the body full of enough UV uh, could help. Let's read on. And, okay, so they must stay up, must stay up high because to kill germs, the lamps must emit so much UV light that it would be irritating to people, especially their eyes. Okay, we know that. Uh, you know, sunlight bothers your eyes. When we use it for surface decontamination, we make sure no one comes in the room, Milton said in an interview with CNN. And when we use it for upper room air decontamination, we make sure that there's very there's very little of it getting in the room so it doesn't get in your eyes. Milton said he was dumbfounded when he heard President Trump asking to use such light somehow to decontaminate people. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, whether it's ultraviolet or a very powerful light, Trump said. <clears throat> UV can damage the body. We know this. The virus is inside the body where the light cannot reach and mostly smed through small droplets when infected, when people cough, sneeze, or talk. Erratic... Irritating the outside of them with, yeah, putting ultraviolet light on the outside of them isn't going to do anything for the virus inside them in spite of what Donald Trump says about putting UV light inside somebody. Okay, it's not going to work. I should have known an article for CNN would turn negative. But, oh well. So, ultraviolet light is part of the electromagnetic spectrum emitted by the sun. It can be produced by light bulbs also. UVC rays are absorbed in the atmospheric ozone, but the rays of UVA and UVB reach the Earth's surface and can cause sunburn and skin cancer. Well, we, we knew that. Two factors are required for... UV light to destroy a virus, intensity and time, but the light is intense enough to break apart a virus in a short time. Of course, now she starts texting me. Um, so it's been used for quite a while on surfaces to decontamination, very bright light. Okay, so, all right, Trump was wrong about putting light into the body, according to Donald Milton. Um, but that means that having lights so bright you can, you can't have people in the room because it'll hurt their eyes. Um, that has not stopped the industry from popping up and offering to sell ultraviolet decontamination lights for offices <coughs> and even homes. Stores offer ultraviolet wands for sale 
for personal use promising to kill germs immediately. They won't say it's they won't say the Illuminating Energy Society, a nonprofit group in the industry. Ultraviolet disinfecting wands or other ultraviolet products residential use are not are as as they are inadequately proven and unregulated. So, let's see here. The White House press briefing. <coughs> Trump, oh, oh, here we go about that damn disinfectants in the body. He never said to inhale, ingest, drink, or shoot up with disinfecting products. He was talking about finding some way to disinfect the, your internal body, which is not unheard of. Okay. The World Health Organization, well, we know we can't trust them, who has cautioned specifically against trying ultraviolet light to kill the virus. What, what the hell do they know? Have they done any research? No. UV lamps should not be used to sterilize hands or other areas of the skin. Ultraviolet radiation, ultraviolet radiation can cause skin irritation, the WHO says. You can catch COVID-19 no matter how sunny or hot the weather is. Well, that's not what the science says. Other countries with hot weather reported cases of COVID-19, the World Health Organization added. So, alright. Well, I thought that was going to start out positive about Trump. But it starts out with kind of backing up what he said about ultraviolet light killing the disease it just doesn't do it in the way he thought it could and he you know he says explicitly that he's not a doctor that he's just asking questions and presenting information at these press briefings and you know that's a pretty simple thing and this is why i mean i'm reading an article from cnn and it debunks what Trump thought or said uh, about, you know, trying to get UV light. But he just said, can we try it? He didn't say run out and do it. Um, I know I'm backpedaling, but that's what you do. So I was wrong in thinking that this was an article that backed up what Trump thought of using UV light. Even though there have been experiments that put in, where they put ultraviolet light rays, whatever you want to call them, into the bod, into the blood, and then seeing if it killed viruses because it's been known to kill viruses on surfaces. But nonetheless, you know, the thing is irritates me about the way the media treats things is everything's opinion now it's all op-ed <laughs> so you know it's not like they're saying 
or Trump is saying, hey, run out there and do this. Shit. Messed up my typing to my chick because I was talking. Um, and so, you know, he never said drink bleach. He never said inject Clorox or Lysol. Um, the media interpreted that, you know, and, you know, he asked the experts and the doctors to give their opinion. Is there a decontaminant that we can put into the body to scrub the lungs and so on and so forth? You know, if anything, he asked a question. Can we look into this? Can we research if we can put ultraviolet light into someone's body? Can we research if going out in the sun <clears throat> is the way to go? And he, you know... Uh, a reporter pushed back at him on this, and that's fine. They can do that. That's the media's job. But the fact of the matter is, you know, because the president says, can we try this? Can we experiment on this? Doesn't mean go out and do it. And the reporter said, you know, that people tune into these press conferences to get information and, you know, they want to hear what their president wants them to do. Well, presidents are not doctors. Trump said he's not a doctor. He flat out said, I'm not a doctor. And he never said to go out and try all these things. He just asked the medical experts, what do you think? You know, maybe there's something we can do. It's called thinking out loud. I do it all the time. Other people do it all the time. You Sometimes a thought pops into your head and you say it out loud. You know, and now because the media gave their opinion of what Trump said, instead of what he said... You know, you've got this hysteria now where people went out and actually tried to drink Um, you know, you got these people going out and trying this stuff, and it's like, my goodness, you know, what on earth are you thinking? You know, what are you people thinking? You're a grown-ass adult. You should know ingesting bleach is bad for you. 
it doesn't matter what, even if the president did say that, you should know better. You know? Um, so, who knows? Um, what, you know, what they'll think up next, or what won't they think of next, or or whatever, you know, it's just ridiculous, the things that the media comes up with, and people buy it, you know, I mean, the media has lost such credibility in the last few years, going back to when Bush was president, and they just had to have an all-out smear campaign on him for four years, and it didn't work. They've done the same thing to Trump. His polling numbers are up, which I'm going to do an episode on polls uh, maybe tomorrow. But um, we'll see here what happens. Um, hopefully some research comes along and they find the cure and society can get back to normal. We don't need a vaccine to go back to normal. Once you have a cure, whether it's antibiotics or some other kind of medication or treatment, then we should be able to go back to normal. Also, we're finding out that the death rates and such are not as bad as once thought. And that's what this next segment may uh, prove or talk about. Uh, so... Oops. So, let's uh, see here what what in the world is going on with antibody testing. Like I said, there's a link in my description on YouTube to a video where doctors are talking about testing and finding out that there have been actually more cases of coronavirus than what we thought there were, and also, as the number of cases has gone up, you know, we're finding more people had it than we originally thought, but the percentage of the death toll is going down. Now, we were first told that we were going to have millions of deaths. Four million people were going to die if we did not shelter in place and that we were going to have to, you know, hunker down in order to survive this. Now, we're hearing something different. So, what do we believe? What are the secrets that are told that never do unfold? So, let's go here. A survey of New Yorkers last week found that one in five city residents carried antibodies to the new coronavirus, and that in Andrew and Governor Andrew Cuomo saw good news. That is good news. People had the disease, did not get sick, or did not get sick enough to go to the hospital. If so many had, back to the article, if so many had been infected, 
and survived, he reasoned, the virus may be far less deadly than previously thought. But many scientists took a darker view. Oh, of course. We have to have mass hysteria in New York Times. Seeing instead a vast pool of people who are still very vulnerable to infection. <laughs> like the leaders in many states, Cuomo has been hoping that the results of large-scale antibody testing may guide decisions about when and how to reopen the economy and regenerate, reintegrate society. Few scientists ever imagined that these tests would become an instrument of public policy. Of course, New York Times. Nothing is ever good news. And many are uncomfortable. Well, I haven't heard any of the doctors that I've been listening to and reading say that they're uncomfortable with these statistics. Many are uncomfortable with the idea. Antibody tests, which show who has been infected, are, not, are often inaccurate, recent research suggests. And it's not clear whether a positive result actually signals immunity to the coronavirus. Uh, now, of course, you can get a virus more than once. Some people get four or five colds a year. Um, Tell my girl good night. So, um, this is just the craziness that we get into with this stuff. You know, okay, so let's go back to the article. On Friday, the World Health Organization warned against relying on these tests for policy decisions. Well, the World Health Organization has already screwed the pooch, Gordy, on this. Because, you know what? When China lied, people died. Now, back in February... The World Health Organization sent 22 or 23 people to China to get to the bottom of things. And they got to the bottom of nothing because China lies. The Chinese, not Chinese people, not the folks at your local Chinese restaurant, but the Chinese government. So, doctors and people have been talking now for months about this 
herd immunity. 75% of us need to catch this virus in order for there to be what's called herd immunity, where your body builds up defenses against this virus. Now we're being, evidently, from the sounds of this article, we're being told that's not true. Now why has it been true for three months? And now saying, well, once you catch the virus, you could catch it again. Well, no shit. And, you know, usually with anything, the second time around, your body's got better defenses for it. That's why when they give you the flu shot, there's a little bit of the flu virus in the flu shot to build up your immunity to it and let your body take care of itself. And I think with these antibody tests, we're seeing that our amazing, resilient bodies are capable of fighting this virus. Uh, the, the human body is an amazing machine that God gave us. And truthfully, I think it's more capable of defending itself and defeating viruses or whatever than what we've been told. Um, you know, for the last decade or more, I've been hearing that doctors are, oh, come on. Doctors are over-prescribing antibiotics. And honestly, when you go into a doctor, last time I went in for um, a really bad chest cold. And this was like over a year ago. And, you know, it, it wasn't coronavirus probably. But I went to the doctor and just said, man, I... I feel like there's something stepping on my chest. Uh-oh. All right, I guess we're going to have to do this in two parts. Okay, YouTube video num numero two of the night. Um, I got cut off when I was talking about COVID pandemic testing, antibody testing. Um, for those of you on YouTube, the, the, uh, New York Times report was saying that what the doctors have been telling us for the last three months is not accurate. Um, so these antibody tests we've been told are good, you know? We've been told that there's going to be mass immunity support. And now the World Health Organization is saying that that is not the case. The World Health Organization and the United States sent an envoy of 22 or 23 doctors to China. There were two U.S. doctors in that envoy. 
convoy, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they didn't find much out of China. So we've had to do our own testing in the United States, which is a good thing. But the fact of it is we've got to figure this out. All these doctors are saying that, you know, this has a high infection rate and that the initial, they went from, you're all going to die, so we have to shut society down, to, no, we just had to shut society down to keep from overwhelming our hospitals, okay? That's two totally different arguments. So... The doctors have had to walk back their statements. The political leaders, the governors that listen to them have had to walk things back and say, no, 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 no. We didn't shut things down to stop the spread or to stop the death rate, which we were told would be 4 million Americans. We walked walked things backwards or we shut things down, excuse me, to stop our hospitals from being overwhelmed. Well, the last patients have been discharged from the USS Mercy in New York City. Um, The Javits Center, which was a makeshift hospital to help with the surge, was never used as far as I've heard. So... Yes, this has a high infection rate, but it also has a high recovery rate that the reporters are not reporting. Worldwide, there have been millions of cases of coronavirus. Let me Google the latest statistics on this so I give you accurate information unlike the mainstream media. Let me find somewhere to set my cigar first. Google.com Coronavirus Statistics Stats, right? That's good enough. Go find it, Google. Sick them. Just want to see some numbers, Google. Oh, hey, it has the number for my county. Columbia County, Ohio, had to, has to this date 223 confirmed cases, 18 deaths. Marion County had 2,178 cases, four confirmed deaths. Franklin County, Ohio, 1,942 cases, 53 deaths. Cuyahoga County, oh, Cuyahoga, you fell behind Franklin, and you're behind Marion in confirmed cases. Y'all need to catch up. You were supposed to be the epicenter. They had 1,902 cases, um, Unfortunately, 91 deaths. Uh, Mahoney County had 66 deaths. 
Okay. World meters info. Worldwide. Two million nine hundred forty-four or two million nine hundred ninety-four nine two million nine hundred ninety-four thousand nine hundred fifty-eight cases. Deaths two hundred six thousand nine hundred ninety-seven. Recovered. 800,078, 955 recovered. So the recovery rate is actually a lot higher than the death rate. So on this worldmeters.info, active cases, 1,909 and six closed cases one million eighty five thousand nine hundred fifty two mild conditions ninety seven percent critical well crit okay mild cases the raw number is one million eight hundred fifty one thousand four hundred and three ninety seven percent were mild 57,603, or 3%, were serious or critical. 878,955, which is 81%, have recovered or been discharged from the hospital. So, there's a, okay, so 200... 6,997 deaths, which equals 19%. So the recovery rate is 81%. Okay? That's of the people that got sick that we know of so far. The amount of people that got sick and never went to the hospital, we don't know. I know of one or two. I know of one that went and was sick and recovered at home on her own and was diagnosed with an unidentifiable virus. But this all shows you this is not a death sentence. Okay? This is not a death sentence like we were told at first. That is what they told us. Now they're telling us, oh, antibody testing doesn't mean much. Well, what are we to believe? When you said, when you screamed, you know, the boy that cried wolf, we're all going to die. Four million people are going to die. Then you walk that back over and over and over again. And at first... A lot of doctors were saying the media hysteria around this is going to be worse than the virus. And it's turning out those people were correct. Now, I don't want anyone to get sick. I don't want anyone to die. I think if you're elderly or you're vulnerable because of a weak immune system, 
you should shelter in place, okay? And you should be able to collect unemployment. If this is the worldwide pandemic and the government is taking your job away from you, if the government says, if you're sick, stay at home, then the government should give unemployment as sick leave for people, right? Um, I mean, there should be some checks and balances there and some confirmations, but the fact of it is, this is not a death sentence. Overall, when you factor in these new cases that they're finding in L.A. County alone, and the new cases they found in New York where the people were asymptomatic or their symptoms weren't severe enough to make them go to the hospital, they are uh, adding to the total. I don't think those numbers have been added into that total I just read you, but the, the total number of cases is going up and the number of deaths is staying the same. So the percentage of death is less than 1%. If you figure in these new cases, you know, I know I just read 19% out of the 2 million, but that's just of the 2 million people that went to the hospital. Or, or yeah, the 2 million people worldwide that went to the hospital. We're talking about a world population of... I'm going to get my stogie going here. Of a world population of almost 7 billion. So, see if this damn computer has a calculator on it. Oh, hey, right there. I'll be damned. Yeah, I bought this computer from somebody off Facebook uh, and that's 7 million so I had three more zeros that's 7 billion so to get the percentage you divide maybe we'll say 3 million cases will round up to be generous to the fear mongers. Okay, well that didn't work. So, 23% of the, that doesn't sound right. 2 million, is that, that's not 20%, 23% of 7 billion. Alright, to hell with trying to do math. I should stick to what I'm good at. Um, anyway, somebody out there, figure out what percentage 2, 3 million out of 700 billion, 7 billion, pardon me. <coughs> That's, it doesn't sound like a lot compared to 7 billion people on Earth. 2 million get sick and go to the hospital. You know, but it's in eight, 184 countries that we know of. Um, 
So, all thanks to China, Chinese communists, not the Chinese regular people. Anyway, it's time to wrap this up. But, uh, check the links in the description and make your own mind up about the, the these viruses and whether or not it's lethal. Most doctors are saying it's got a very low mortality rate right now. And let me rephrase that. Doctors are going back to their original... commentary that this virus has a high infection rate but a low mortality rate. It could be as low as 0.2%. It could be as high as 0.5%. Now that we have now that we have proof that hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands more people have had this virus. The USC study proves that. The Santa Clara study proves that. And the New York study proves that. So, do we need to lift all of the shelter-in-place things? Do we need... I, I, I'm perfectly happy with... Gatherings of 50 people or less. I could be content with that. You know, at first in Ohio, it was gatherings of 100 or less. Then we got down to 10 or less. Well, no more than 10 people in a room at a time, I guess. Um, I When I went to the store, like I was describing in my previous video, before I got cut off... Um, and earlier in this podcast, um, we were, I was starting to walk into the store and I saw two people standing inside and I stopped and uh, the girl's cashier told me, you'll have to wait, I've already got two people in my store. And I knew that, I saw the sign on the door. It's a very small store. And, you know, uh, stores all over Ohio and Pencil or Ohio and West Virginia. I haven't traveled much into Pennsylvania lately. Um, they all have signs on the doors, whether it's a gas station or a grocery store. And they say our maximum occupancy is blank. And so I, I hope, honestly, that keeps up. And I hope that social distancing keeps up because... I can't stand it when I'm in a store and some chucklehead's breathing down my neck in line. It's like, have you ever heard of personal space? Well, let's hope that social distancing or personal space continues after this is over. And it's not going to be over, over. It's still going to be out there. Uh, let's hope that hand sanitizing and washing your freaking hands after you use the bathroom continues... So that, you know, we're just a, a cleaner, healthier society as a whole. If there's anything to learn from this, and there are many things to learn from it, I think based on initial research and estimates, uh, our leaders did the right things 
but now as new research and data comes out, the models need to change and the policies need to change, period, point blank. Doctors are telling us as much. So links all through the description of this. This is only my opinion. I am not a doctor. Do not drink bleach. Do not wipe your snot on other people. Uh, what else can I tell you not to do in case you're stupid? Um, <clears throat> don't stand on the train tracks when there's a train coming through. Oh, there's, there's a bright idea. Don't play in traffic. Okay? Do not go out in the middle of a busy interstate and play hopscotch. Okay? Do not play human frogger for those of you who used to have an Atari. You will die. Alright? With that, good night. God bless you. I love you guys. Pray for one another. Jesus is real. Oh, I forgot to read my Bible verse. Oh, well. We'll do the next podcast video and start out with a psalm. But I knew there was something I was forgetting. All right. Good night. God bless you. Goodbye. I love you.